Hello, you're listening to Making It Count, a podcast that provides practical financial advice for every stage of life with a twist. We're your hosts, Christina and Will. We aren't financial experts. We're just like you, aka trying not to stumble our way to financial success. That's where our money smart friends come into the equation. You see what I did there, Will? Yes. I guess we need to add a bad pun disclaimer to our show description. Well, as long as we add a reality TV spoiler disclaimer as well. I'm there for that. You'll want to stay tuned for fun guest interviews, discussions around money taboos, and apparently corny jokes and Real Housewives references. Mm -hmm. That is so perfectly us. So together, let's make make it it count. count. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Making It Count. Yes, welcome. And today we need to talk about something that everyone needs. And I'm not talking face cream. Will, I'm talking insurance. We do need it. We also need face cream. But a lot of people don't have enough of it or don't have it at all, which is a big problem. Yes, definitely. And I just read that there are 30 million Americans who don't have any kind of health insurance. Even paying for regular checkups out of pocket can be hard. Forget about if there's an emergency. But fortunately, we have two great guests to help us cover the basics of life, auto, home, and health insurance. Before we get into that, Christina, what do you find to be the most confusing or overwhelming thing about insurance? Oh, man. Well, everything. Like, <laughs> I think it's just even this far into my adult career, it's still overwhelming and confusing and we have to do it every year and I feel like it gets a little bit easier like I I get to help my younger team members or you know co-workers into it but still I find like what type of insurance like what should I get short term long term why why shouldn't I what's best for me and and the whole family because I don't have just one person I have myself and my husband and two dependents the anxiety is like taking over I think for me it's that once I get through buying whatever policy it might be like an auto policy or I you know took care of the annual election at work or something. It's kind of like I set it and forget it. And then when I need to remember what it is that I've got covered Mm -hmm. and what it is that I have elected into, I don't remember. So I feel like almost every year I'm like, oh, I signed up for that. Why did I sign up for that? Did I need that? And to your point, like you start questioning yourself and then the terms that are thrown around the whole time. I sometimes I'm just nodding my head like, okay, great. The vocabulary is a whole nother level. Yes. Very complicated. Well, Will, thankfully, we have two amazing guests today that have an amazing amount of experience and expertise when it comes to insurance. So our first guest is Andrea Herr. Andrea, welcome. First time guest. Welcome to our show. Thank you. And thank you for having me, Christina. So tell us about yourself. I guess I'm one of the older insurance geeks in the community. (laughs) I've been in the insurance business since 1987. My primary focus is employee benefits. So I put together and communicate employee benefit packages to large employers. So I have some of the largest employers in Central Florida in my book of business. I love that you use the word geek. It sounds like you're like a big fan of insurance. <laughs> I love, so, so I've been doing this for a very long time and I still love what I do because what I do is very impactful and meaningful to the end user. Similar to when you have a fantastic banker credit union that changes your financial outlook, 
when somebody has a health insurance need, that need is more important than anything else in the universe. It's your health. And taking the financial worries away from someone is significant for that impact to life. Very true. Our second guest is Shauna Andrews. Shauna, will you please introduce yourself to our listeners? Yes. Hi, I'm Shauna Andrews, and I am a property and casualty insurance agent. I'm also a seasoned agent like Andrea, and I've been in the industry since 1997. So I write small business insurance, personal lines, and also private client. And private client specializes in individuals that are of high net worth, usually starting out in million dollar homes and above. They may require special collections, fine arts coverage, jewelry. They may have a yacht or the need for excess liability coverage, possibly upwards of a hundred million. Wow. Well, I forgot to get insurance for my yacht. Oh, Will, you better get out. <laughs> Shauna will help you with that. Absolutely. Would you describe yourself as a big fan of insurance? I would, yes. Just because I've been in the industry for so long and there's so many new things that will just come your way, especially in the small business. I mean, you can answer a call and, and someone's created or formed a new type of business. And so there's so many different caveats. It keeps things very interesting. I'm so excited because we have a people insurance expert and a things insurance expert. So we are going to learn so much today. I, I mean, I don't have a yacht, but I definitely have a p- health. So <laughs> if you ever have art. a yacht, you, you need to know art, how much Will? to insure it for. That's true. I don't think I have any like super high value art, but I have like stuff that's been passed down from like family members and well, things see, like that. See, that's nice. So, yeah, no, it's, it actually is very nice. There's like a lot of character to it. So My I get a very serious Kirkland's. answer. You're welcome. <laughs> from Kirkland's. <laughs> Target or Target. I got lots of Target artwork (laughs) or I do have some rifle stuff, but you know, I mean, I don't think the $65 print needs insuring, but hey, it's valuable to me. No, I I bought a rifle print recently. And as I was like shelling the money out, I was like, it seems like a lot. (laughs) See, we love rifle. All right. So, Will, you're going to take the lead today. Lauren has allowed you the first question. The honor. All right. So let's start with health insurance, because that's something that is important to all of us, as Andrea mentioned. So Andrea, at its base level, why do people need health insurance? It, just like every other type of insurance, is not needed at all until it's needed. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing that I think is different with regard to all types of insurance is that it's not an investment. It's never an investment. You can't look at how much you got versus how much you spent. You are actually exceptionally fortunate if you pay the premium and never have a claim. Mm The challenge with health is that most people have no earthly idea how much healthcare costs until they're in the throes of it. And these days, access to care, other than through the emergency room, if you have an inability to pay is exceptionally difficult. So if you're not Medicaid eligible, which would give you a version of health insurance, and you're not insured, you are literally in the wasteland of healthcare. And so you don't want to find yourself there. There are tremendous options out there available for folks that find themselves in that situation. So even before I think we dive in even deeper, Andrea, can we go through like the vocabulary of health insurance? So like deductibles, copay, premiums, what are all these words? What do they mean? That's a great question. So the deductible is the amount that you pay prior to the insurance company paying anything. 
So if you think about your car insurance is the easiest one because we all probably had a fender bender at some point in our lives. If you have a $500 deductible, so a deductible is the first portion of the loss that the person has to pay before the insurance company starts to pick up the tab. So similar to car insurance, if you had a $250 deductible, that would be your responsibility before they pay for anything towards your car repairs. It's the same thing with, with a human, believe it or not. Co-payments are a little bit different. Co-payments create the opportunity for you to have a budgetable amount that you know you're gonna spend when you interact with a provider. So a primary care physician may have a low co-payment, $20, $25. A specialist may have a co-payment, $50, $75. And you don't have to hit your deductible typically before you pay the co-payment. If you're in a high deductible plan, and that is a government regulated term, a lot of the terms in our industry are government regulated, so oh. we don't take full responsibility for these. <laughs> for the confusion. For the confusion. <laughs> high deductible plan starts in about the $1,500, $1,600 for the deductible range. And quite honestly, these days, that's not that high, but that is a classification of a benefit plan. Those plans have no, another term, first dollar coverage. A copayment, even though you're paying the copayment, is considered first dollar coverage because there was no deductible applied up front. And those plans are not eligible, here comes another term, for a health savings account or an HSA, which is a tax deferred savings basis. And so there's a little bit of complication with copayments, but for the most part, copayments are upfront, you avoid the deductible, and then there's the deductible for things like a hospitalization, a lot of times an emergency room visit. And then once you meet your deductible, there's a term, here's a new term, coinsurance. And that is just what it sounds like. You're going to co-insure yourself. You're paying a much smaller portion of it, typically 20%, and the insurance company is paying 80% of the bill until the last term I'll define, your maximum out-of-pocket, which is exactly that, your maximum out-of-pocket. The only tricky thing about a maximum out-of-pocket is that it only applies to covered services. So if you do something that's not a covered benefit, facelift, other lift, whatever you may be lifting. <laughs> Darn. Whatever you might be lifting. Go to a non-preferred provider, et cetera. There's all sorts of the exclusions. Botox does not the count. Botox does not Darn count. Darn it. That will not apply to your maximum out of pocket. So when providers try to upsell you on services in their offices, which is happening more and more these days, dermatologist office, chiropractor offices, et cetera, those don't apply. That's fully your responsibility. My PCP sent me an offer to get cool sculpting at a discount before Christmas. And I was like, well, I don't think I need that. But also, like you said, it was like, wow. I, I immediately was like, my PCP is upselling now. It was a bizarre moment. At oh some point, you're going to go to a doctor and the sentence is going to start with, well, at your age. Oh, uh-huh. And you're going to have to resist, yeah. resist the urge to just slap them. I just went to the dentist and they're like, did you ever consider Invisalign? And I'm like, what? Like, what are you trying to tell me? Like, they tried to upsell me on Invisalign. 
I have noticed that. That's really interesting. So the dermatologist and the dentist, it's so easy to find an insecurity in. It it's is. It's so easy for them to be like, right there. I know. Did you know we offer Botox? <laughs> yes, I did. I saw all the ads. So you talked about high deductibles and sometimes there is a stigma against a high deductible plan. And many of you talked about having the opportunity of those maybe underinsured that go through and into the Affordable Care Act. Many of those plans are high deductibles. So can you talk a bit about the benefits and the risks about going into a high deductible insurance plan? I actually don't think there's any greater risk with a high deductible plan than there is with any other plan. It's simple math. You just have to know your numbers. So know whether or not you have access to co-payments for first dollar visits. If you do not, you still need to know what the deductible is on your plan, whether it's a high deductible or not a high deductible. And you need to know that should there be a bad diagnosis, a slip and fall, and I'm not talking about tragedies, a slip and fall with a broken leg, you will hit your maximum out of pocket typically. The cost of healthcare is exorbitant. By the time you potentially get transported in an ambulance to an ER, the ER diagnosis, you get the problem solved, you could never hit the hospital, a hospital bed and still hit your maximum out of pocket. So you need to know what your deductible is, what your maximum out of pocket is, and you need to know whether you have the ability to pay that in the instance that it's needed. Typically, you're not gonna have to pay it up front, although there are instances where you have to, but you need to know where you're getting it. There are government regulated maximums on deductibles and maximum out of pockets to prevent people from being bankrupt, but it may take you a few years to pay that back. You just need to know that that's your responsibility. The upside to a high deductible, you have lower premium. And so if you have the discipline to save what you're not spending on insurance, you would win in the scenario that you don't use the plan. Will, I'm kind of encroaching on your next question, but like with my husband, I'm on my husband's plan at work. We pay little bit less because we have a high deductible plan, but we also don't go to the, like we we don't have any kind of chronic illnesses or we, you know, we go to the doctor once a year to do the blood work and stuff. So would that be one of the things to consider when you're going through different plans? That sounds like you are very appropriately insured. And I think one of the most confusing things these days for employers that have multiple plan choices is it's often thought that because I do have a chronic health condition or I do know that I need care, that the most expensive plan is gonna be the best for me. And you really need to do the math because sometimes it's not, particularly if you have other family members, so you're taking a higher payroll deduction because you've insured your family, you really need to sit down, calculate the math, plug in what you think you're going to use. And in a lot of instances, the plans are set up so that you're incented to go to the high deductible plan. Often employers are putting a deposit into your health savings account or health reimbursement arrangement, another term, that helps you defray the cost of that deductible. And that's significant. All right, so let's pivot to life insurance. Who should be purchasing life insurance and why? So life insurance is an interesting coverage and oftentimes, because there's a significant guilt factor with life insurance sales approaches, 
I find that folks are overinsured on life insurance. You need to purchase life insurance to cover those that are left behind should you lose your life. And you need to make a decision whether or not you're covering them through the loss to a transitional lifestyle. Maybe the life isn't going to be the life that you left them with. It's going to be a different life without you. Or you want to set them up so that, that nobody misses a step and the house gets paid for, et cetera. So that's the decision to make when you buy it and why you buy it. There are several different types of life insurance. I always give the precautionary note that your first type of insurance, life insurance should not be whole life. It should be term. It's the least expensive. Whole life insurance has a savings component to it. And the sales pitches associated with that are are pretty amazing. You know, part of your premium goes into your savings account. It takes a very long time for you to get to the point where that savings account is meaningful. So again, it's a math equation. Do the math. What in the world is the difference between, I've never heard term versus life, like whole life. So whole life has a savings mechanism with it. So they charge you more premium Mm -hmm. and a portion of the premium goes into a savings account that's typically invested. And if you stay in it long enough, it will cover itself. That's the pitch. You have to stay in a very long time. Term life insurance is the life insurance that we all typically buy. Your employer life insurance, for the most part, is term coverage. It's very low cost because there's a very low incident of payout. You can buy period certain term life insurance. And we did this when our kids were younger. My husband and I bought I think we did 20 years or 15 year increment where we were locked into the price for that duration. They averaged the price and it would pay if we passed away, but it there was no savings mechanism. It was affordable. It gave us the opportunity to have a high enough amount on it that quite literally the mortgage would be paid for for the one remaining parent. That's how we did it. Because that person would probably have to quit their job to figure it all out. Yeah. And so that... Life insurance, from my perspective, is not the second or the first most important insurance. Health insurance is the most important insurance. Long-term disability, and I cannot say this enough, long-term disability is the second most important insurance behind your health. What long-term disability covers is your paycheck. Because in the case of a long-term disability, the inability to do your job or another job due to an injury or illness, it will cover a portion of your pay until retirement age. So let me say that again, until retirement age. In the instance of losing your life, your family loses your expenses. In the instance of losing your income, your expenses go up. If you're not able to work, typically there's a care component etc. And you're still eating and using gas in the car and all of those good things. But your income either goes away entirely if you don't have coverage, or at least it only goes down if you do have coverage. Long term disability typically has a companion coverage short term disability and short term is just what you think it covers you typically it's no longer than 26 weeks. And most people buy short term disability, a lot of people buy it before they buy long-term. And long-term is much less expensive because we all plan 
for what? Right now, what we can see now, we think we're invincible, all of that good stuff. And, and for half of the population, we give birth. And we know we're going to be out for six weeks. And that's a coverage that we know at some point we're going to need. Long term is way more important than short term. That's so interesting because I never hear people talk about long-term insurance. It's the most boring coverage ever that is super, super important. Well, and it's like super unpleasant to think about because yes. Yes. life insurance, like you said, you kind of go into the mode of like, well, how's my family going to be taken care of? So yes. you're not, but with long-term disability, you're just thinking like, I don't want to think about the the off chance that something terrible could happen to me. Yeah. Well, how do we know how much insurance or short-term or life insurance we should have? So with short-term and long-term disability, it's typically based on your income. So you may get to pick what percentage you buy, but you won't get to pick above your income level. And there's a really good reason for that. Because why would you ever come back to work if you were making more than you made when you were working? So it's built so that we don't have a perverse incentive as human beings. Life insurance is really philosophical and very personal. I know people that refuse to buy it. Really? I know people that put it on their children. I struggle with that. I personally, philosophically, have always struggled with that. That being said, I can afford a funeral should one be needed, God forbid, but there are folks that can't and therefore they buy it. So I appreciate that there's different levels of need So it is an exceptionally personal decision around life insurance. I've always heard like you got to max out your life insurance, but I guess that's not really necessary. I guess it just depends on what type of lifestyle you want to have. And life insurance should come in multiple forms. So max out your life insurance with your employer may be one thing because they typically don't offer huge limits. But a lot of folks do buy life insurance through your employer in addition to an outside market. So there is no max out. Mm. At some point, they can't sell it to you. But for the most part, there's no max out. All right, let's pivot to home insurance. What kinds of insurance should people buy for their homes? For their homes, if it's your primary, then you're going to need a regular homeowner's insurance policy, which is going to cover should you sustain a loss, say there's a hurricane, you sustain damage, you need to rebuild, it's going to cover the actual structure of the home. If you have any other structures on the property, that's also going to be covered. You could have a shed, you could have a fence, a detached swimming pool. And then you're also going to have your contents on that policy. And your contents is going to be all of your personal belongings from your clothing, your dishware, your furnishings. Basically, if you were to take your home and turn it upside down, everything that fell out. And of course, if you then sustain a loss, you want to make sure that you have loss of use coverage because in the event the home, you're not able to live in it, you want to make sure that that policy is also providing you some coverage for a temporary place to stay, food, clothing, whatever your needs might be. The homeowner's policy is also going to cover liability. Say somebody slips or falls at your residence, they can then come after you and with a liability claim. So you want to make sure that You have enough liability coverage there. There's also umbrella policies that you can add just because you want to make sure the liability is 100% covered to protect your assets. The last thing that, you know, you want to do is leave yourself open to any type of claim like that, as that can also impact your future income. 
I'm going to go slip and fall at Christina's. If you ever get inside my house, I mean, you still haven't even seen my, I haven't invited she's, you to see my pool. She's never invited me to see her pool that I found out very recently. <laughs> Which, you know, and I know we'll probably talk about this. We got the pool put in and a screen enclosure and I completely forgot to go back to my homeowner's insurance and add them in. So they were like all built and everything. It's like, oh, wait, I should probably insure them. And that's one of the biggest things is a lot of times people are in their homes and they start renovations and they don't think to report it because, of course, anytime that you're spending the money on the renovations, you want to make sure that you're increasing the coverage on the homeowners because you want to protect what you've just built. And even with the swimming pools, the screen enclosures are typically add-ons. So if you don't buy the screen enclosure coverage, if it blows away with a hurricane or a windstorm in Florida, you're going to have to pay out of pocket to replace that. So Shauna, what are some tips to help people decide how much homeowner's insurance we should buy? Well, I would say you would want to definitely review that with your insurance agent. The insurance agents do have cost guides. So typically we use Marshall and Swift and it's going to calculate what the square footage is. They'll ask you a series of questions. You know, if you have upgrades in your home, if you have granite countertops, solid wood, if you have marble flooring, you know, of course, your costs are going to be a little bit more elevated because you want to make sure that you're replacing the same kind and quality of materials should you sustain a loss. But what it does is it it generates a estimated replacement cost, which is also going to include debris removal in the event that, say, rebuild is needed. And we've also recently adjusted to the increased cost of construction because, as we all know, the housing market has significantly increased not only the housing market, but you have to look at rebuild costs, the cost of materials, supply and demand, contractors are increasing their pricing. So there's a lot of factors to consider. So I would say definitely review that with your agent. I think homeowner's insurance is another one of those things where you don't understand the value of it until you need to use it. I know producer Lauren just went through a flooding and I'm sure you're very grateful that that's over. So I'm sure that Andrew, didn't you have to do something with your home? Well, I've just been through two major claims. My insurance agent's not very happy with me. Oh, no. <laughs> you look over it, Shauna. Oh, I, I wouldn't we, say that. We did, have, <laughs> we, we did have hurricane damage to the roof that was significant and undetected for a while and therefore created damage inside that I didn't know was happening. That oh, was no. a few years back. And then we got that all fixed up and we this year had a pipe break underneath <gasps> the master bathroom tub. Oh we had been gone for the weekend and came home to more than a foot of water in my master closet and four other rooms. Oh my soaking. Gosh. All of my shoes were floating around. It was oh, super devastating. No. There needs to be long-term care for the trauma post shoe loss. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did, but did the insurance help cover the loss of the shoes? Cause they that, did. I mean, a good shoe collections. They did. Expensive, yeah, they did. Yes, they did. I can't say enough good things about my experience with this claim, although we were doing it with supply chain problems and worker shortages and all of that good stuff. So I have a very random new bathroom now. <laughs> just I just picked assortment. out what was ever in stock. <laughs> <laughs> that looks good to me. Are you all put back together? We now? are all put back together. Um, yes, that must feel yes. nice. That's what you like a, the greatest nightmare. You come home from vacation and then like 
something like that happens. You come home from a weekend away. We had gone in separate cars and I came home to my husband laying sideways on the bathroom floor covered in water, holding his head up sideways, <gasps> trying to figure out because he had already turned the water off at the main valve and it was still coming in. Oh, my God. And so he does not freak out, but was freaked out because we couldn't figure out where it was coming from. The water had created a cavern under the house. <gasps> I had to have Phil put in under the house. Oh my gosh, you could add a sinkhole. What we did, I mean, we like there was a big hole under the house. It was propped up by the water. And then when it oh busted gosh. through, it was like a volcanic reaction of mud. 21 wheelbarrows of mud were wheeled oh out of the gosh. bathroom. Oh no. It's called a situation. That, you know, that was a really- That's an understatement. I mean, if your pipe is going to burst, that you're is going to do it. That was yeah. you really went the you, full you gotta way. Go. You got to go. <laughs> Andrea goes big. There you go was, big or go there, home. There, <laughs> there was a solid minute when I came in after the fact and heard all of the kerfuffle going on in the household where I thought they don't know I'm home yet. I should just back the car right out of the driveway right now. <laughs> but I didn't. But it was a minute. And she disappears forever. <laughs> it was a test. It was definitely a test of can I can maybe they can just call me when they're done with whatever is going on back there I'm that I know can't be good just by the words that are being used. Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm glad it's all fixed. Thank you. Let's switch to an insurance that I've had to use recently. Yes, unfortunately. Yeah, no one wants to, but it is probably one of the more in Florida, at least probably one of the most used insurances, auto insurance. So that is something that most of us pay for. We should all be paying for it if we have a vehicle to all right. the Florida Isn't it drivers. Aren't we supposed to have like or we're required to have auto such insurance, a rule right? Follower? Because because <laughs> right? I know that like in Florida, there's a lot of uninsured motorists. That's why they force us to have that insurance. But I love it. Christine's like, don't you have to? <laughs> I thought you did, right, Shauna? Do you have to have auto insurance? Yes. Any vehicle that you want to register to drive on our roads in Florida, you are supposed to have insurance coverage on. If you don't have insurance coverage um, and you're caught, I mean, obviously, you can go to jail. <laughs> but Florida does mandate also that you carry personal injury protection in the state of Florida, at least of 10,000, property damage of 10,000. However, they're not mandating people cover bodily injury liability. So if somebody hits you, they might still have just personal injury and property damage, but they're not going to have any bodily injury to cover you or your family's injuries in that car. So that's when it's imperative that you also take a look at uninsured motorist coverage for those types of situations. But your bodily injury liability is set to essentially protect you and your family or whoever's driving your vehicle in your family against a liability claim because accidents happen. They never planned for, you know, you could look away for a moment and someone could pull out in front of you, depending on how the accident happens, both parties could be at fault. There's even individuals in Florida who will stage accidents and pull out in front of you so that you rear end them. So it is important to have a high enough liability, again, to protect you and your assets, future income, and then you also want to protect your vehicle. And on an auto policy, you could have a comprehensive loss that's going to protect you from, say, fire, theft, vandalism, hurricane, tornado, flooding of our roads, and then collision when you're actually involved in an accident. 
could hit a another vehicle. You could accidentally forget to put your garage door up and back right through it. I've had, you know, people that were in a hurry in the morning and, mm. you Andrea know, they might guilty there. has a guilty mm. look on her they, face. Mm. <laughs> so you should, all, <laughs> you should also probably not drive into the garage with the back door open. Oh, no. Oh, no. That does not go as well as one might think. <gasps> So would that be an auto insurance claim or a homeowner's insurance claim? I can tell you firsthand it was an auto insurance oh, claim. Oh, man. I could totally that see was myself doing too that. in the her household. Yes, it was. A that was another moment where you thought, can I just get away? Can I just run away? From you her? left it open. No, you left yeah. it open. Yes. Exactly. Or, or I've had people in a hurry in the morning and somebody parked behind them and they didn't notice and they... <gasps> back right into the other household vehicles. Thank so. God for rear view cameras now. Honestly, <laughs> no thank God. Yeah. My, my car, my new sensors. car, due to the accident, has like the above view too. Like I can see that's 360 nice. around. My yeah, husband has I that too. It. I do not have that, but that's really nice. So is there a rule of thumb or how much we should be spending on auto insurance? Well, your auto insurance premium is going to be gauged on several different factors. So it's going to take into consideration what liability limit you're choosing, what deductible option you're choosing, and also your personal driving record. So if you've had tickets or accidents on file and, and, you know, say you've, you know, if the accidents were your fault, you know, maybe you have a careless driving ticket on top of an accident, something of that nature, generally you're going to pay higher premiums. Another thing that insurance companies look at is an insurance score, which is, it's kind of like a, they look at your credit, credit worthiness, how you pay your bills. Oh so my all gosh. of these are factors in determining insurance premiums. I can't believe, so that's another reason why having a good credit score is important. Absolutely. I had no idea that insurance, I didn't know that it factored in any tickets or accidents or your credit score. Wow, that's incredible. It also factors in the age of your male children rather aggressively. Oh, yes. Shauna, you left that out. Oh, yes. <laughs> if you have young drivers, especially males, they pay the highest premiums. As they should. <laughs> <laughs> Does the color of your car have anything to do with it? Or is that a bubble mice? Like, I've always yeah. heard red cars are... Generally, it's not the color. It, it's going to be more geared towards the horsepower of the car. Ah. So a lot of times people think, oh, if I have a red car, it's flashy. So, yeah, no, it's not really that. It, it really boils down to the type of vehicle that you're driving, how expensive the parts are, should you get into oh. an accident, if they're in high demand. And, of course, you know, if you have a vehicle that's potentially going to drive faster and can take off. I mean, it's a little bit more tempting to race at that stoplight than somebody, you know, driving a four-cylinder vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Does that stop you, Will, from trying to race? I, I, know, I don't do any of that. I'm a very, very oh. good driver. You know, I might have been in an accident, might have totaled my husband's car, possibly, <laughs> just maybe a block from our home. The newer car, right? Your husband had the newer car. So it was his car. Oh. He had just paid it off. Oh, well. Oh, it was man. his first car that he bought, and he was oh. very quick to pay it off, and he was very proud of himself and had low mileage. Oh. It was going to be a good car for a very long time. 
And on you know, thankfully, no one was hurt in the accident. That's no the one, most myself included. Part. The car did its job. It took the impact. I was fine. There's not a lot of good things you can say about the car market right now. The prices are super inflated. It's hard to find the inventory. The one good thing is that the used car market is so inflated that we got a really good claim. Like we got a really good payout on it. And that helped us get a better, safer car. So my new car, I don't think would even let me get into an accident. It yells at me for everything. (laughs) (laughs) Would it It, yell at you if the back of the trunk is still open? Yes, no, it it (laughs) yells at me. It literally will yell at me if it thinks something is in the back seat. It will yell at me if it thinks anything is awry. Like if I've left my phone in the charger, it yells at me. So it's very alert. And then the speedometer when you, this is my favorite feature. I'm just going to brag about it for a second. (laughs) When I turn on my blinker to, you know, turn, change lanes, whatever, it turns on a rear view camera from that side so that I can see directly behind me with no blind spots. That's nice. That's awesome. Very nice. Yes. It also stops on a dime if it thinks I'm I'm going to hit something. I'm impressed you use your blinker when you're changing the lanes. (laughs) 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 Well, I do. The guys will beep at you. you if you don't or they'll they'll pull your wheel back in your lane. Oh, mine does that. Yeah, it's like, nope. Yes, no. And like it has like the lane assist and the it has like this like cruise control that's amazing. Yeah, everything has all the things. Look at you. Mm, we upgraded. That's awesome. So this is our last question before our making it count quick fire questions. I really want both of you to talk about, and Andrew, you've kind of already touched on that, that there's some people that don't think that insurance is valuable because they don't think that they're going to need it. Or what would you say to people that really just don't find insurance valuable? So remember that the insurance that I'm talking about is insurance on your health. It's literally insurance on your human body or your family's human body, maybe, and your family's human body. And you cannot possibly imagine the angst that's created because I see it all the time when somebody chose not to purchase the plan that the employer is helping them pay for because there's a $20, $30 payroll deduction, maybe even more than that. And then they get sick and they're stuck and they're trying to navigate the healthcare system and their family is trying to help them and we're opening up GoFundMe pages. The reality of it is, is that's not how the system works. And for you to put those that are around you in that situation because you have a personal predisposition against insurance is simply unfair. And mostly it's unfair to yourself, but it's also unfair to those that are closest to you. So I am a big fan of suck it up buttercup. I don't like that I have home insurance either, but never thought I'd come home to 21 wheelbarrows of mud in my daggum bathroom. The water volcano under your bathroom. The expense for that was equal to buying a small home. Wow. I would have never fathomed the cost to cover that. It was a big deal. I mean, we were pumping cement back under the house through a drilled hole in my bathroom. So, and we had maximized the deductible, all of that good stuff. We raised it to fairly significant number. I never, ever, ever thought that would happen to me. We maintain things, we look out for things. And it's the same thing with your body. Why put yourself at that risk? For what? The ability to buy something else that you really probably don't need? 
I have a hard time when I'm doing enrollment meetings with folks in an employer setting and you can you can kind of see a lifestyle when you sit with folks and talk and they're like, well, no, I'm not going to cover the kids. We'll just figure that out later. And there are programs for children to be covered. Go get that. You don't have to buy this. Go get something. No, no, we'll worry about that later. But yet living a fairly lavish lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And that's just a misplaced priority. And you'll know it's misplaced. Hopefully you never do. But I will tell you, we had a very rude awakening with the pandemic. Mm-hmm. A very rude awakening. Because even those that thought they were invincible weren't. Yeah. And so that I just don't ever want to see people in that situation. Yeah. What about you, Shauna? Well, even to piggyback on what Andrea said, as far as the health portion, if you think about being involved in an automobile accident and say you are hit by somebody who doesn't have insurance and maybe you're burned by the airbag, maybe you have very severe injuries, maybe to your face and the health insurance policy is going to put you back together, but cosmetic procedures are excluded. Uninsured motorist coverage, however, you can claim cosmetic due to uninsured motorist coverage. And another point that I would bring up as far as homeowners, if somebody pays off their house, they can decide to self-insure because there's not gonna be a mortgage company in place is going to mandate or force place coverage on your property due to the mortgage. However, you still have to consider liability because if somebody slips or falls, if you're entertaining and say somebody has too many drinks and you were the one that served them, you have a swimming pool, neighbor kid comes over, you know, maybe while you're on vacation, drowns in your pool uninvited, that's still a claim. If you have a dog, your dog bites somebody, trampolines, they are another liability hazard. And so if you're not even insuring from a liability aspect, you're potentially impacting your future income as well, because they can take you to court, you can have judgment, you know, against you, they could set it up to where they're they're taking your paycheck. There's a lot of factors to consider. A lot of people have misconceptions about insurance, but insurance is really there for to to protect you against something catastrophic. We never plan hurricanes or, you know, floods. There's so many weather elements that can happen. Pipes can burst. You know, I've even had clients who have had ice maker lines flood their entire house. There's there's so many different (laughs) things that can happen and can occur. And especially with the water damage in Florida, it could be 24 to 48 hours and before you have mold. And mold remediation alone is not cheap to pair. You have to literally cut out drywall, replace walls, because, you know, otherwise you can get very, very sick from being exposed to mold. I will say, going to what Andrea was saying about health insurance, my youngest son was born premature, two months premature, of course, not planned. One of those things where it just happened. He was he was just born two months early. Luckily, he was fine. But that hospital stay for the full, he was in the hospital for the whole two months. It was $2,200 a day. And it ended up with all the procedures and everything. It would have been a quarter of a million dollars if we didn't have health insurance. So it's one of those things where it's like, you hope you never have to use it, but thank 
goodness we were able to have that and had the be fortunate enough that we had that coverage because there's I can't ima- imagine Andrea having to make that payment like it's just yeah incredible it, it would linger with you for a lifetime yeah definitely all right well you gave us a lot of valuable information and now it's time for our rapid fire round which we call making account essentials so Christina why don't you get us started all right well I get to go first all right Andrea, this question is for you. Is there a way that we can get value from our health insurance? That's a really interesting perspective that I'm going to share with you because certainly you don't want to get sick in order to use your health insurance. But a lot of people do not realize that the health insurance policies of today have preventative care built into them. So you can get your annual wellness exam through your primary care physician, no copayment and no deductible. It's not subject to deductible, not subject to a copayment. You can get screenings like mammography, colonoscopy. So if you want a colonoscopy, a screening colonoscopy to get value out of your plan, I probably don't recommend that one unless you really need it. But <laughs> I'm not of a certain age yet. Yes. So. Yet. They're lowering it. They keep lowering the they age. They do keep oh, lowering no, it because no. the, incident, the incidence of cancer is getting higher and higher. What is amazing about that is that you have no out-of-pocket cost and you can potentially intervene in a health situation well before you would have known about it. And in this day and age, a stage one breast cancer survivable, a stage four survivable shorter period of time, but a much harsher treatment regimen to get through in order to survive. Stage one, good. Stage four, bad. And it all depends on when you find it. So it's in there. It's in your benefit plan. Use it. Most employers are telling you to go do it anyway. So I would tell you that's the single greatest underutilized benefit that we have. A lot of places we have 30% compliance rates and we're, we're saying that's great. It's horrible. Wow. Interestingly enough, we take our children in, us uh-huh. women, yep. take our children in for their screenings to the degree of 70, 80% compliance rates. But when you look at the female compliance rates on screening ourselves, it's exceptionally low. Wow. So riddle me this. Who takes care of the child if you don't take care of yourself? Put the mask on yourself before you put the mask on the children. That's what they say on the airplane. They do. Actually, I was going to say that. <laughs> There's so a funny. reason for yes. that. All right, Shauna, my question is for you. Will you tell us about state mandated minimums for car insurance? Well, the state mandated minimum for personal injury is 10000 and 10000 of property damage, which is very low. If you're involved into an automobile accident, $10,000 is going to be immediately exhausted in the emergency room. And property damage, there are many vehicles on the road today that are far more than $10,000. Cannot purchase a new vehicle for $10,000. So I would definitely encourage people to look at that, consider that and increase that accordingly because coverage isn't high enough, they're going to come after you and your assets to cover the loss of their vehicle. All right, Andrea, I think this is a fun one for a self-proclaimed insurance geek, as you're, like, you proclaimed. What is the funniest or most surprising misconception you've heard about insurance? 
So I've already overshared about my household and I'm pretty sure my family members won't be listening to this because I'm not going to tell them that this exists. <laughs> there is a phenomena with healthcare carriers, health insurers, where they are actually being extremely helpful to patients who have some sort of interaction in the healthcare delivery system. And they make phone calls to your home. And sometimes they're offering you opportunities to see a different provider. In the case of my household, they were offering the opportunity to purchase a different drug at a different location. And so they were relentlessly calling our home and my husband, and he would just hang up on them. Now, I've been doing this since 1987, and I've been married to him since 1986, but apparently I have not educated him as to this process. <laughs> and so, you know, hang up, hang up, hang up. And finally, I asked, who is this woman that keeps asking for you that you keep hanging up on? I don't know, but something about my medication. I'm like, oh my gosh, is that the insurance company? I don't know. I'm not letting them get the words. Like he's hanging. <laughs> oh my God. So <laughs> my advice, even though it didn't happen in my household, he did take the next call and they saved us a truckload of money on some prescription he was taking at the time. And my advice is take the call. It's probably not fraud. Now, no one's ever going to ask you for your social security number, personal health information. Don't get scammed. But if someone calls from your health insurer offering you something, at least listen. Take the call. All right, Shauna, what is your best tip to help people when they are buying multiple insurance policies? With multiple insurance policies, I mean, you can look sometimes at a same carrier or a multi-policy discount. However, in the state of Florida with the property markets, currently a lot of times it is best to shop the rate as a package, shop all of your policies together just to see what the potential savings are. Another thing with the newer roofs, depending on when your house was built, you may also want to consider a wind mitigation inspection because the building guidelines codes did change and there are substantial credits that will apply to the hurricane portion of your premium. So make sure that you are mentioning any additional credits that you have even burglar, fire alarms, generators on your home, whole house generator in case if the power goes out, something like that. Or if you're in a wind county, you want to make sure that you do notate, notate that you have hurricane shutters. Hmm. Well, thank you both for your expertise. I think this was incredibly helpful. And I'm sure our listeners and myself have put a lot of your advice to work. Yes, thank you. So now is the time when we give our guests an opportunity to tell listeners where to find them online and what they're up to. So Andrea, will you go first? Well, Shauna and I both have the privilege of working for Highland, which is based out of Toledo, Ohio. That is our home office. It is a family business. There are a lot of Highlands that work with us and we have offices across the country. You can find us in Central Florida right here in Lake Mary, but the easiest way to find us is at Highland, H-Y-L-A, and is in Nancy, T is in Tom, dot com. And you can find me, emails are easy. It's A-N-D-R-I-A dot H-E-R-R at highland.com. We are available to answer questions and to source you in the right direction. Great. And then Shauna, how can someone find you if they wanted pe- like things insurance? 
Yes, they can also reach me on highland.com as well or by email, which is Shauna, S-H-A-W-N-A dot Andrews, A-N-D-R-E-W-S at highland.com. Also, my office number is 407-215-2202. And I'm always happy to assist anybody with any of their personal insurance needs or business insurance as well. Great. And I know producer Lauren will put all of that in the show notes. Yes. And thanks again for Thank coming. Thank you we guys so it. much. We appreciate it. We Thank appreciate the us. opportunity. All right, Christina, now it's time for our favorite segment. What, what did, did we, we learn today? today? All right, Will, I will go ahead and start. I learned because, okay, so I don't know, this might come a surprise to you, but I'm making a 13th mortgage payment. Did I tell you about that? I don't know if I told you about that. (laughs) Ad nauseum. So our plan is to have our home paid off fairly soon, but I never thought about still carrying homeowner's insurance after I don't have a mortgage anymore. Like I never thought about carrying liability home insurance after we've paid the house factor that into your retirement costs i know isn't that true so i learned that was a very helpful tip today from shauna i think for me it's very interesting where certain things fall with insurance and shauna had described it like if you are in an accident where you sustain burns that may be needing cosmetic surgery Mm -hmm. your health insurance is not going to cover that but uninsured motorists will cover that so i think it's very interesting because it really does kind of paint the picture of you really do need all the coverage that is appropriate. You need your auto insurance, you need your health insurance, you need homeowners insurance, you know, all the things. So I think it just speaks into the fact that like it's kind of designed to help in all these situations if you're appropriately buying it. And they all kind of intertwine and help each other. Yeah. At the end of every episode, we like to give our listeners a resource they can use to make it count in their lives. And we have a super useful one today. Christina, tell us what it is. We do. And it has a super short name. So I'm kind of disappointed. We can elongate it if you want. Okay. Well, it's called the auto insurance quote comparison chart. I think it should be called the super comprehensive auto insurance quote comparison chart. I love that. I'm sure Lauren will get right on that. It's got a space for people to compare quotes from three different carriers, including what the deductibles are, what the liability coverage is, the collision coverage, and a lot more. So you can compare right there on the sheet. Producer Lauren has put all that in the show notes, so make sure you get it. And thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time on Making It Count. And that's a wrap on this episode of Making It Count. If you learned something new, were inspired to reach your financial goals, or just found us entertaining, please subscribe, share, or rate, and review us on your favorite podcast app. And don't worry, we'll be back soon with another new episode of Making Making It It Count. Count.